How did we start? Was it just like the video? Oh, this yeah, is James, like, and this is James, and this is Ryan, is it? This is Ashley? <laughs> that is how it starts. I'm James. This is Ryan. I'm James. This is Ryan. I'm also James. And I'm James. And I'm James again. And Ryan again. And who are you? Ashley. There you go. All right, so. The question was answered. It is. All right, guys. Uh, the summer of bummer continues. Oh, yeah. Uh, first, it was uh, a really bad bombing. Uh, we lost Roger Moore. Yep. Then we lost Adam West. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then one that hit me a little harder than normal, uh, which, I mean, Roger Moore is like the first action star I ever remember. You know, it's like the first, that's like when I realized what a you know, action movie was, was watching Roger Moore play James Bond. It's the first, first James Bond movie I ever saw. And uh, so the next one, though, is a little bigger. It's George Romero. Chris Cornell. Oh, oh Adam God. West. I said Adam West. Did you? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. Chris Cornell though. Chris Cornell was a big. Yeah, that was. Uh, that's a podcast. That's a that's, that's a, horse a whole of a other, different. That's a whole right other there. thing. Got another theme. Yeah, we. Yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah, somebody please wrap Eddie Better in bubble wrap. He's the he's the last <laughs> of the grunge, he's, man. Last he's of the, the last of the good grunge. I'm sorry, but when when the guy from STP died, it was just kind of like. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> It was bound to happen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so, you know. All right, so who we're talking about is George Romero. Uh, The first videotape I ever purchased on my own was Night of the Living Dead. Because I had rented it, and I wanted to keep watching it, and I couldn't. And then eventually I had, like, the $10, $15 to buy, like, a really bad Scimitar Entertainment was the uh, company. Uh, Double... VHS tape, and it was probably in like really crappy EP mode. <laughs> Do you want to tell us around what year this was? The age oh, yourself? probably ninety six, <laughs> circa nineteen ninety six. I would say ninety five or ninety six. I was living in Oklahoma, and the first house we lived in there when we moved from the Texas to Oklahoma. So, um, but I don't know something about that movie just like clicked with me. I, I, I think it was you know because it also came with the documentary about how they made it. And when I realized that you could not, you could be outside of Hollywood and make a movie, uh, that was pretty exciting to me. I completed one in my life, and I've never attempted another as much as I want to. But uh, the time constraints and having a real job uh, kind of put a damper on that. But anyway, George Romero and a bunch of people from Pittsburgh got together and made a movie, and I don't know how it got made. Like, it, when you really look into it, it's really, like, one of the probably biggest struggles of their lives is to make this movie. But, you know, George said he had this thing going on where he could just be like, hey, we're, we're going to make a movie and everything's going to be fine. And everybody goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and no one questioned it. And so they went on and made an undeniable classic, Night of the Living Dead, which we will probably talk about for the bulk of this episode. So if you are listening now and you have not seen Night of the Living Dead... Go watch it, then resume podcast. Yeah, pause it. Yep. It's free. You have no excuses. It's on all over the internet. You can watch it, you can watch it in 4K on uh, uh, Internet Archive. You can download it in, in stunning Blu-ray quality and, and, and watch it. We're not talking about the remakes. No, no, the original. The original. Yeah. Uh, in that, yeah. We'll get to that real quick. They, they did, uh, they, the original title was Night of... Night of the Flesh Eaters, and when the distribution company did not like the title for that, they changed it to Night of the Living Dead, which they thought, eh, that's a better title, you're right. But they forgot to put the copyright back in. And so savvy moviegoers who were in the industry saw, this movie doesn't have a copyright on its title. It's public domain. So everything was of the dead. So they never made any money off of it. Oh my. It's almost, it's impossible to know how much money Night of the Living Dead has made over its life, over its 50 years of being released. Next year, I believe it turns 50. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Uh, and we're still talking about it, a bunch of bunch of 30-year-olds. <laughs> so that's telling you something about that movie's longevity. Uh, they did a couple interesting things in that movie. Uh, first, you know, they just got money together, rented a farmhouse, bought a 35-millimeter camera instead of rented one. Uh, uh, they had... Done, uh, they had a sound 
person who had been working in radio and, and, and sound design, you know, for movies and TV shows and things like that. And then they had all the film knowledge and they got together and made this image 10 productions, they called it. Uh, and when they brought together image 10 productions, they, uh, they kind of like brought the best of both worlds because other people had tried to make movies and you know people would like you know their mouths wouldn't match up to the video and yeah. it was just horrible and here this professional looking product came out of Pittsburgh of all places with a cast of nobodies Pittsburgh if you're listening we didn't mean nothing by that I, no hey yeah, man. if it wasn't for Pittsburgh I wouldn't have a mother-in-law and I actually really like my mother-in-law so she, she made run, my wife, right? and that's that's a that's a Pittsburgh that's a does a zombie run, right? Pittsburgh is zombie. Yeah, they, they get together and do the zombie run. Right? Yeah. yeah, so that's Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. So we're gonna get into it just a little bit here. First of all, they wrote the script completely, just wrote it, never changed it, even after they cast a black man as their lead. So he played a white part. So they thought well we're yeah, being pretty right. cool that's, we're, that's right <laughs> we're being pretty cool we're being pretty hip we'll just leave it alone they never they're being progressive they were being progressive okay. because it was a it was a weird type of progressive of no one draws attention to it mm. which is great it, it i know 1968 they somebody would have drew attention to it right but they just said yeah let's we'll just leave it yeah time to write rewrite a script here mm. and that's pretty historic too yeah i mean he usually there were there were no real leads for African Americans, you know, every every time they did, they were portrayed, you know. Yeah, and it's really like bad, it's you know? two years so. before, three years they were filming it before Sweet Sweetback's badass song, which is the first black exploitation black hero movie. Yep. Uh, so I, Dwayne Jones, who plays Ben, predates. He is the first African American hero in a movie, in an action film or an action, you know, action uh, horror horror movie, horror. whatever you know in. That does action, I guess. You know? You're welcome, Denzel Washington. You're welcome. Yeah. We love you. Oh, you can trace the lineage of this movie so far. All the way to Get Out now. The movie Get Out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the movie Get Out is just like a social commentary uh, horror movie that, you know, you can, you, can, you can trace it there. You can, And I can confirm that with a tweet from the director of, of uh, Get Out. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Oh, God. <laughs> Is he Key um, or Peel? <laughs> oh. No, it's Peel. It's Peel. It's Peel. Jordan Peel. Dude, I can't even tell Bert and Ernie apart half the time. <laughs> Funny thing is, Lisa wouldn't go see that movie with me. So. <laughs> For, well, you know why. If you've seen the movie, you know why. Yeah. Uh. So, anyway. <laughs> Good old George. He, they make this little movie and it does well for other people and for public domain. It makes a lot of theaters money because they can show it for free now and not have to rent it for the theater. Uh, but but it's still like it's almost like here's my gift to the world: the best right. horror movie we could possibly imagine. It became a cult classic. It wasn't, and it wasn't you know a giant monster. It wasn't Frankenstein. It wasn't Dracula. He, he, he said, I'll just invent my own genre, and then I'll rule it. And that's exactly what he did. Well, what he lo- I mean, there was a human element. Yeah. Because it's it so realistic. really about... I it mean, even it looks about like zombies, a documentary. But... Yeah. <laughs> like the way they filmed yeah. it. You're right. It's yeah. amazing. And, and let's, just, let's just look at it, you know, with all the, with all the, uh, the, the monsters. You know, they, they're all overdone, and they get overdone so much, everybody got tired of it. Yep. I mean, there's nothing you can identify with it. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying before about real world implications, you can act, that can happen. I mean, think you know, you can look at it; it could happen. No, oh, yeah. You know, there's nothing supernatural it, it, it's, about it's it. It's super grounded in reality. Yeah. No one's perfect in it. Nope. People are wrong. Even the hero is wrong. Uh, the. The, the biggest asshole in the movie is right. <laughs> he says hide in the fucking cellar, and it works. <laughs> Not for him. He's already dead. But by that by that time, remember I said, you know, watch it. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Well, they're about fifty years late. Yeah. Spoilers. So yeah, yeah. Right. I'm about to say there's there's a there's a time <laughs> on that. So anyway, uh, the, the Night of the Living Dead along with Psycho, kind of, like, dragged 
you know, it, it made where now every mundane thing could be horror. All of a sudden, John Carpenter can make a street in Illinois the most terrifying place in the world yeah, yeah. because now there's a killer hiding and stalking babysitters in what is one of the most picturesque towns yeah, ever? Chicago, I mean. Is that like Stephen yeah. King second? He was like, oh, a killer car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did Creep Show together. That's and True. and and uh, actually, Stephen King is probably my favorite segment of uh, where he plays the. I can't remember the name of the character, but he's this hillbilly who finds a meteor but then grass starts growing all over his body he's like oh you knuckleheads you've done it now he like talks to himself the whole time and Stephen King he's probably high on coke at the time but he is so good hey you need some ideas <laughs> hey, yeah right <laughs> I mean, you gotta stay up and right you gotta do things so now Living Dead's in the can and, and he's gotta come up with another hit he does a he does a terrible for a long time lost movie called there's always vanilla, which what? is a romantic comedy. What? I've never seen it. He says it's his worst movie. It's terrible, and no one should ever have to watch it. He wish it stayed lost. He, I think he just told people it was lost so they wouldn't look for it, but they looked for it anyway. But did you find it? No, you can only order it from like something weird video, and I wasn't gonna seek that out when there's actually some of these on here I haven't seen yet, and I really want to. Mm. Uh, so I can always there's always skipping vanilla how about that we can always (laughs) skip it season of the witch really good movie little overly talky yeah but I mean it's the 70s where you had to build plot and character and things like that it's not you know Michael it's not a Michael Bay movie pretty much it's kind of a paranoia paranoia thriller about you know these witches and the occult It, it, it kind of fits really nicely with like Rosemary's Baby actually for a guy who was, you know, you know, shooting people in the head in Night of the Living Dead and showing you it in a 1968 movie, which was rare, because about that time when Bonnie and Clyde got shot by, what was it, like half a million bullets? Yep. Yeah. Um, but that time Season of the Witch comes rolling around, uh, you know, uh, he's actually made a nice, subversive, subdued movie. That did terrible. Got, got decent reviews. The Crazies, on the other hand, was two years... It was the same year. He somehow cranked out two in 1973. Hey, and I've seen The Crazies. Hey, sometimes you're you got no stamina, you can crank them out, man. Oh, yeah. Crank out two. I can see how it <laughs> Go to sleep. Then again, he's working on a, he's working on a shoestring budget, but like he, like he thrives in and just, you know, Halloween was in a week. I mean, I think uh, Night Living Dead was in like a month. Something like that. Uh... So, The Crazies is, like, the, the cousin of Night of the Living Dead. And it's also, like, the one of the first, like, Outbreak movies. Remember, like, in the 90s, everybody was making Outbreak movies? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, 28 Days and all that. Yeah, yeah, but even before that, you know, Outbreak, like, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, and, like, and, yeah the all Outbreak these, Monkey. All these oh, epidemic yeah. movies. Oh, yeah. That's uh, why I call my kids. Yeah, and so 1973, <laughs> he's making an epidemic movie, and the epidemic makes people go crazy, and they're the crazies, and they... They can either, but they were different than the zombies. Zombies were one track mind; they'd come after you. The crazy people, uh, the crazies, would maybe get angry and try to kill you, or they'd just laugh and get naked in a field. It was a really weird movie. So they were on LSD. Yeah, and it goes with George's like deep mistrust of the government. Because <laughs> first of all, they didn't fix anything in Night of the Living Dead. They were just like, oh, we're just seeing what we can do. Like you know, I'm sure we're gonna pass a bill later and tack on something, and it'll get caught up in litigation but anyway so the crazies great uh the, the remake's actually pretty good with timothy oliphant, timothy oliphant? yeah, yeah that's that's a good that is a, that is a pretty good movie yeah and uh, very similar except for uh he was a fireman in the first movie the main character is a fireman and this one he's a sheriff yeah but no it was, it was a really well done uh remake i think i like it better than the dawn of the dead remake but we haven't gotten to that yet because we have to talk about 1978's martin because he's doing his apparently his two movies a year thing in Mar- he did Martin and Dawn of the Dead. Martin is a realistic look at the vampire movie. Because George is going to take what you know and deconstruct it and change everything about it and still make it entertaining and horrifying. It is a great movie about an adolescent boy who starts drinking blood and making fake teeth for himself and living as a fake vampire, basically. Living a lie that he is a vampire. And killing people. And, and it's a really good movie about being kind of a social outcast in your teens like majorly uh 
but it gets overshadowed by Dawn of the Dead. I would, I think I could easily say that Dawn of the Dead is his best movie. I think all the things leading up till now, Dawn of the Dead is what made George Romero the one of the best directors ever. I mean, he had everything worked out well. I mean, everything looked I, so I good. I can agree with that. Savini came in, did the effects. Tasso Stravinsky comes in and does all the uh, stunts. And probably Savini, too, did some stunts. Uh, he had the best cast he'd ever assembled, I think. Because Ken Foray as Peter. Um, I'm going to get all these, and I'm not looking at anything, right? Okay. Yeah, I'm very Ken, fine. Ken Foray <laughs> as Peter. Galen Ross as Fran. David M.G. as... Oh, Flyboy. What do they call Flyboy? Uh, get back to him uh, i can do this i can do this uh and then the uh and then of course uh uh scott reiniger as uh dang it i cannot remember that. i can only remember peter and fran how many of those have you had i don't know not <laughs> one it, it, i also had a 10 hour day of work so it is s miller time yeah right until people start paying us this i'll be a lot better <laughs> uh, anyway so yeah fran peter uh flyboy and uh, if you say Lois and Stewie, I'm going to kill you. No, no. Iceman, Wolverine. Uh, I can't remember his name. I Roger. Can't... There you go. There Roger. You go. Hey, hey, you helped me by saying Fran and Stewie. Uh, I started I thinking trying, of American trying. Dad. It's like, Roger. Did you get those pecans Sandy's ass before Fran Roger, I, I can't remember Flyboy's name for the life of me, but I remember the <laughs> actors' names who play them better. So I should tell you something about me and Dawn of the Dead. I mean... Not only that's going to be horribly dated when all the malls are gone. <laughs> but for the time, you know, that... So, Night of the Living Dead, I'd watch it and I'd say, hey, this guy makes a really good, you know, movie. But Dawn of the Dead's when I realized that a movie can be about something else. Because this is only about a year later that I finally tracked down a copy of Dawn of the Dead to watch from a video store. Cause Steven? Steven, that is his name. Thank you. Steven is Flyboy. Okay. David M.G. is the actor. Um... So Dawn of the Dead, I had to finally track it down. And that's when I realized a movie could be about something else when it, on the surface, looks like something else. And I was like, and that's when I started, like, wheels started turning in me, and I started learning about, you know, symbolism in these movies. Uh, Dawn of the Dead is a bunch of people hiding from a bunch of brainless idiots who are slowly walking to the mall. Oh wow! <laughs> well, and I—that's what I said. I was watching the movie. Go, oh crap! Wait this is about people who just dumbly buy stuff because it makes them happy. This is even a line in the movie, and that's the line that got me. Where he says, and "She says, why do they come here?" And he goes, oh, "I guess this was an important place in their life. Fucking mall is an important place in your <laughs> life. Like, like no one's at the church, no one's at the library. It's Black Friday, all you know." I would have went to the video stores. I can't really complain. And they're all searching for brains. Yeah. Yeah. Brains. Uh, Dawn of the Dead also has the upbeat ending, as opposed to Night of Living Dead, where good old uh, Ben walks out, there's the rescue squad, shooting zombies. He doesn't say anything. He looks out the window, because he's terrified. He doesn't know what's going on. And Vince Stravinsky shoots him through the head. And it is like, I was mad when I watched that movie Mm. the first time. Now I totally understand why they did it. It has to be the bleakest ending you can possibly come up with. It might have inspired The Mist, which is the bleakest ending I've mm-hmm. ever seen in the whole can't of my life. Can't see through it. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. I couldn't see it. I don't know how it ended. It was a mist. Anyway, I mean, the movie it. was just like really... I missed like, it. <laughs> I missed it. I didn't see it. I missed it. <laughs> so Dawn of the Dead... The ending was really foggy, too. They remembered the copyright Dawn of the Dead, thank God, and they... they they made money off of that, and they're still making money off of it. And it has a pretty decent remake. I like it. I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I did. I mean, uh, like, it's a great cast. Like some of those people, I've not seen in anything else, hmm. and they're fantastic in that movie. No, I mean, like out of like the zombie remake stuff that I've seen, that's definitely my favorite. Yep. Especially the all right, let's draw straws. The loser gets to run across the parking lot with a ham sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Ty Burrell from from Modern Family is in that movie, and that's who does that line. That's great. Like the dog just wigged out. Okay, the dog doesn't like all this scary talk we're doing. Well, 
she's in luck because the next movie he did was a movie with uh, uh, Ed not Ed Wood but, Sheeran no not Sheeran <laughs> <laughs> no this is not Game of Thrones uh, Ed Harris he actually did a movie with a young Ed Harris in 1981 called Night Riders and they're about a traveling uh, carnival that does uh, jousting on motorcycles hmm. and it's more of just an action drama Kind of a weird one. He, he always, t- I think he always has to detox from his zombie movies back then, oh, and he's just like, ah, let's do this. He kicks right back in with Creep Show, which has zombies in it. Mm-hmm. Stephen King wrote the whole thing. George directed the whole thing. It is really good. It is like it should be staple Halloween movie for everybody to watch. Because as soon as you get bored with the segment, they switch into another one, and then so you have you know like. You have one where, of course, Stephen King finds the meteor and he slowly starts growing moss all over his body and becoming this, like, man of grass, like, covered in grass. What did he swap thing? Yeah, basically. Yeah, he did. It looks like ghillie suits all ghillied up from uh, from Modern Warfare. Yeah. Uh, so you got Mr. Ghillie Suit and then, um, uh, what was the other one? There's one with Ted Danson and Leslie Nielsen. Oh, yeah. Where uh, Ted Danson's sleeping with Nielsen's wife, and he's a big guy on, like, uh, he, like, buries them in the sand and waits for the tide to come in to drown his wife and Ted Danson. Again, spoilers. Wow. It's been a while. It's a long, it's, movie's 1982. Guess it, guess it's as old as I am. Very right. Oh, and then there's one with, like, a Howard <laughs> Hawks type guy who's, like, really afraid of, it's, he's, like, really afraid of bugs, and the whole place gets filled with, like, cockroaches. That's not the one with the robot life, is it? No, that was Creepshow 3. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. But that was yeah. funny. <laughs> that was really funny, that one. Really but the rest of the movie was pretty bad. Uh, so you have Creepshow. Uh, after Creepshow, uh, Day of the Dead. George, by then, you know, it's the it's 80s and nobody wants his message of of consumerism, you know, anti-consumerism from Dawn of the Dead. So no one gives him money to make Day of the Dead because here we are in the height of the uh, excess 80s, you know. Yep. Which me and Ashley have decided it's the most gayest yep. of all uh, uh, decades. It, it is... 80s? Yeah. I'm glad that I only, I only remember bits and pieces. and There's only there's only pieces of it. And then I would go back and Watch the photos. Spin Me Right Round video. That's yeah. what we were watching when I declared Dancing it. Dancing in the Street. Dancing in the Street. Oh, my God. I've already watched it over and over with my mother. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Anyway, Day of the Dead is the first, actually the first, Romero movie I saw. I saw them in a weird order. I saw the last one. For then, so you saw was, the gay one first. I saw Day of the Dead. That's not gay. Day of the Dead is still a hardcore, awesome George Romero zombie movie with the best zombie makeup effects they've ever done. I thought you were going somewhere different with hardcore. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like wait, wait he actually they act, the studio actually in Season of the Witch asked George Romero to shoot hardcore porn scenes <laughs> for the lo- two love scenes in the movie, and he refused. <laughs> There was a time in the 70s where everyone thought that eventually it's all just going to have real pornographic sex and actors are going to have to fuck on camera. Yeah, that was a thing. It and then some thing. movies they did it. Caligula. Yep. Uh, Emmanuel in America. Yep. What was the other one? There was another. Now they're still doing it. Uh, what's There's the one? A bunch of Emmanuel ones. Yeah. Oh, Mali the malicious whore, which is like a exorcist knockoff with pornographic scenes put in. Which are obviously not the actors who are actually pretending. It's just, it's always a close-up. It's it's a horrible, horrible movie. Um, what was the other one? Oh, uh, there's a new one now. I haven't seen it, but uh, Lars von Trier made it. Uh, Nymphomaniac, apparently, has hardcore sex scenes in it. If you've ever wanted to see Stellan Skarsgård's Junk, that's the movie for you, apparently. That's okay. No, oh, come okay. on! You didn't see him in Thor and say, "I want to see that old man's wiener." No, it's bad enough I watched the movie Bronson. I'll be, I'll be saw Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Oh, no. You saw Tom Hardy? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> or was it just Olympia? Scar. I have to get off subject of, of Mr. Romero, but man's game. No, he's like run, he's like getting ready no, to fight, so he like takes all his clothes off. He's like, "All right, I'm ready," and then 
they rush in and his junk is swinging around everywhere and he's throwing <laughs> punches. So, I mean, it, you would think he'd want to have something wow. on to protect that, but, you know, hey. Yeah. So Day of the Dead is, <laughs> I will also say that Day of the Dead is probably George's bleakest movie. It is. And it is, it, and, and, and a lot of people didn't like it, but when you, but now that I watch it, I really appreciate the hell out of that movie. It's not just the big ending and everything like that. I actually think it's probably his most watchable of the three. That's what you told me one time. You said that, you know, Dawn's good, but the blood's like really red and it kind of, it's kind of weird. Night of the Living Dead is a little black and white and kind of harder. It, not, not so much for you, but for other people. If you show them Day of the Dead. Yeah, that's true. Right. (laughs) But now you appreciate it. But I'm saying for you're you're saying that like Day Day of the Dead is the one that you you can show people who don't think they'd be interested in this kind of stuff, and it's more approachable. No, Day of the Dead is probably just like the only one that I actually watched without you. Uh Because I called you and I was like, "There's this zombie movie. They're in a bunker," and you were like, "Oh, it's this." I was like, "Okay." It's Day of the Dead. It warped me when I was (laughs) thirteen. My uncle rented it when I was thirteen, and it has so many f bombs in it. Yeah, I was in college. My mom got really mad at him that he rented it, and he goes, "It's not like they don't hear this at school all day. They're in middle school now." And she's like, "Yeah, I guess so." So, you know, you have Day of the Dead. Now I have one I've never really bothered to track down. Monkey Shines. I hear it's good. Has anyone seen Monkey Shines? Well, I saw that documentary you posted on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, part of the documentary. Yeah. It wasn't the whole thing, but yeah. they were talking about that. I saw the cover at a video store one time. That's all I know about the cover. <laughs> yeah. I believe the guys from uh, the Horror Show podcast talk about it, and they say there's not even a monkey in the movie. <laughs> and I think that's just a joke. <laughs> but it makes me laugh every time. they like... There's not even a monkey in this movie. Why is it called Monkey Shines? I wanted to see a goddamn monkey. I went in there expecting a monkey. God damn it, I'm going to get a monkey. Yeah. Oh, then Two Evil Eyes. I have seen Two Evil Eyes. That's 1990. That was a a co-directing job he did with Dario Argento, Hmm. who was like his BFF. The reason Dawn of the Dead exists. They said, you need, he's like, Dario's like, you need to make another zombie movie. He's like, find me the money. And so he got the money together. He's like, I'm Dario Argento. I can fucking do what I want. I made Suspiria, bitch. So uh, yeah. uh, so he, he got George a million dollars to make Dawn of the Dead with and told him to go get in a room with a typewriter and write a script. And Dario got to do the score for it. So it has a... So there's some oh, George... that's why the music's so good. Yeah, there's like some All George right, music in there, which he uses what he calls library yeah. music, which he just pulls from some uh, you know source that's probably public domain. And to save money, but then Goblin. And if you watch the, if you watch the Night of the Living, De- not Night, Dawn of the Dead European cut in my Ultimate DVD collection that I have of all, it has three versions of Dawn of the Dead in it. Not even the, the it doesn't even have the extra long Mall Hours edition, which is on YouTube, which is like almost three hours long. But if you want to watch the highlight reel version of uh, the 134 minute movie, you can watch the 88 minute. Our Dario Argento cut of the movie called the European cut, and it has Goblin's pulsing soundtrack to the whole fucking thing, and it is a straight up action, like like joyride. It is there is almost no self reflection, drama, any of that. It is just like it's really if you just wanted to fast forward to the good parts, just watch the European cut. You should you'd enjoy it because you I know you would. like Goblin. Uh, so two evil eyes. Uh, why have I not seen that? It kind of has a rape scene in it. Uh... And it's it's really weird because the rape scene is is in the the, the in the part directed by Argento and the rape E, the rape E is Asia Argento, his daughter. He directed his daughter in her own rape scene. Europeans everybody. Go <laughs> fuck. Yeah. No, and that's probably why you. I've never said, hey, let's watch Two Evil Eyes. Yeah, we'll it's good. Good, good not yeah. great. Now, this is one you probably should watch is The Dark Half, which they, they let George Romero adapt a uh, uh, Stephen King novel. Stephen King novel. Yeah. An excellent Stephen King novel. And an even, I like the movie. Did you see it? I've read the book. Oh, you'd like the movie then. Um, they changed a little bit. Of course, it's a movie. Yeah, but yeah it's changed a little bit. It, it does have, it has that good George undercurrent of other things going on. Uh-huh. Which it should. Added with the Stephen King pop culture references and oh, yeah, stereotypical. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Tim, uh, Timothy Hutton is in it. He kind yeah. of 
in the in, you know he's he was so known for playing like a good guy. I don't remember what movie, what show or te- or movies he was in, but he was always known for playing like the goody good guy. Mm-hmm. And then in this movie, he gets to play the goody good guy, but then he also gets to play the dark half, uh, the other the other guy yeah, who's yeah. evil. I don't think, and I don't think anybody like, could pop, pop. ever make a Stephen King novel into an actual thing because it would be like um, 18 hours long. Yeah. Oh, and dude. half of it would just be describing the carpet. Well, right, just right. to put it in perspective, <laughs> 1408 is a short story and they turned that into a two-plus-hour movie. Yeah. A short story? <laughs> what's that like? It's like... It's still like a thousand-page Stephen no, King. No, well, I mean, it's Stephen King, so it's going to be long. And actually, the ending is completely different in the in the short story than it is in the movie. Stephen King, like, completely like, different. Like if your table legs are a little, you know, you know, whopper jawed, cattywampus, you can always just put a Stephen King novel under it. It'll level that bitch out. You know, like under you the could dome. Be missing a leg, it could go it under the just dome. Just like three fucking books, and be like, oh, we're good, we're good. Well, probably but, half of the book is about your wonky table legs. Yeah, right, right. yeah. <laughs> You'd want to use something like Insomniac or something like that. You know, like, Insomnia. Like, like they, they say he sells books, but they're really tomes. <laughs> they're just like, Arr. I've seen the, the King James Bible is shorter. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> the, Some of those. One yeah. though, I found a large print Bible for like nearly blind people, and it was still <laughs> less pages than the King novel. We love you, Steve. Um, I'm glad Steve's still around, though. Stephen King. I'm glad he's still around. Uh, then there's a gap from 1993 to 2000. I don't know what George was doing then. I do know that he hosted uh, a zombie marathon on TNT. It was when zombies were just getting traction. Yeah. And he it wasn't even a zombie marathon. They showed like one of his movies. I think they showed Dawn. But they showed Martin. And they showed, uh, and I think the crazies, they're like Season of the Witch. And he hosted it from, like, a cemetery, and my mom recorded it on VHS, and it might um, be somewhere. So. The gap was more than likely when the vampire-slash-werewolf mm. uprising happened. No, because uh, it was like Underworld. This I would be Scream. Oh, well, no, no, you're right. The hacker-slashers, actually, the hacker-slashers. The meta-hacker-slashers. The meta-hacker-slashers came yeah. in, and that's whenever... We had this thing where the vampires and the werewolves and the zombies backed off, and That's it was true. all the live action stuff where it was just it was scream. It was uh, I know what you did last summer. Uh, you had all those movies like that that were coming. Final in Destination. Final Destination. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was it late was take 90s. the kids like, from the late nineties. It was take the kids from the CW shows and the Fox shows and put them in a movie where yeah. they know they're in a movie the, and there's a killer. Take the kid who's standing out in the middle of the creek. Scream's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll, Scream is pretty I'll awesome. go to bat for Scream. Yeah, any I'll day. give it that. I'll, I'll, I'll take Scream is fun. It's, it's Scream. People bitch about Scream because they think of all the movies that it inspired. It can't really help that. No, because some cocaine up executive saw it at you know in one of the and, and, and you know it's like look at New Line's doing. They made so much money. Let's get Sarah. Let's get Sarah Michelle Gellar in here now. You know. I know what you did last summer. <laughs> that was actually decent. Right. It's probably... We had the joke, it was, I still vaguely remember what you did two or three summers ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then he comes out with Bruiser. Have you seen Bruiser? I don't think I thought you did. Okay. Bruiser's a guy who gets beat up most of his life, and wife's cheating on him. He's like a country song, like a walking country song. Then he wakes up one day, and he doesn't have a face anymore. His face is just gone. It's just blankness and eyes. Like a person with like these blank, expressionless eyes. Yeah. He's become, yeah. like, mentally a zombie, but not physically. He's just like this blankness. And uh, I remember the movie for a really good reason, is the Misfits are in it playing a song at the end when he's trying to murder everybody. Really? What song are they playing? Uh, I think it's Haunting, maybe. Oh, okay. But it's like the old. It's like not the old. It's not Misfits. It's, it's like the, the it's new the Misfits. Michael Graves Michael Misfits Graves, yeah. version. But still a good a good version of the Misfits. I had I had the album at the time. I, I remember I remember Bruiser. It was a really good movie. I, I think I need to watch it again. But then we get to the first. There's another first for me. The first George Romero movie I got to see in theaters. And Ashley took me. <laughs> and I had a migraine headache, and I still enjoyed it. I still threw up after the movie, like, promptly. Well, like, the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie. No, I saw it all. No, I ran out during the credits and said, bye, uh, go to the bathroom. And I ran to the bathroom and threw up from my migraine. Mm-hmm. And it's called Land of the Dead. Yeah. 
which is awesome because it has a great cast. Dennis Hopper yeah. finally got to work with George Romero. Uh, in the movie, uh, also the main character is... Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but The Mentalist. The guy who played The Mentalist for years on TV. Uh, the, the title shoot. character. Simon Baker. Yeah, okay. So, Simon Baker's in it. John Leguizamo's in it. It's a really good movie. And it did... And he found he finally digitally found a way around the people that wanted to always make his movies rated X. Because that's a lot of the problem. His movies that are rated R now, probably are rated R in the 80s, would probably be rated X in the 90s. As, as kind of like mellow and like low-key the 90s was on a lot of like violence. You notice that about it. Like, like Scream's violent, but it's never unwatchable or like... No, no one gets disemboweled and their which, fucking which guts weird, pour out. Which is weird because, like, from, like, 88 to, like, maybe 90, 94, 95, it got pretty graphic as far as violence went. I mean, you got people jumping out of windows and hitting the street. You uh, do, but it's never yeah. to the George Romero levels well, of it. Fair enough. But and then again, his, his movie that's rated, his, Day of the Dead's not rated R, it's unrated. He released it unrated, so the movie theater had to decide if they wanted to re- show it or not. It's like comparing Night of the Living Dead to what Walking Dead is now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is. Well, I mean, Robocop. The first... Yeah. Rated, rated X. First it, cut was. The first cut was, huh? And, they, and then they, they, had to, they had to remove... If, if telling uh, now what we saw, <laughs> like... Now, you you understand, the ones you're seeing now are also the rated X version. They just put the scene back in. They had to cut the cut out... that I had on, on VHS. Now, VHS, no. But when the Criterion version came out, that was the first time it was the unrated version where his hand explodes, there's more maniacal laughter, mm-hmm. more shoot... They shoot him even longer in it. Oh, it's that's insane. the one I remember from yeah. the VHS tape my mom, my mom has. Still. All I know is that it, the R-rated theatrical cut was the same until uh, on RoboCop until about Sorry. 2002 when the Criterion version came out because they were the ones making the big stink that we found these and we've restored them in the movie and you can obviously see them in the first Criterion version because they are not cleaned up very well at all. They look like oh, somebody's man. porno movie from the <laughs> 70s slipped in a couple scenes and then come back. It's like that grainy. But now when you watch it, they've fully restored it. And and it's all in there. I mean, maybe the hand blows up, but it's like it blows up and he lingers on it, looking yeah, at it. Yeah, he was sitting there looking at the stump, and he's just like... But you yeah. see it, like, explode. Yeah, you see... Dude, I think you're having Mandela effect right now. No. <laughs> I can... If I can find a way... If you find it, I have a VCR, I, okay, and we can compare will go, it. Because I have the criteria. House, I have the uncut. I will, I will go to my mom's house and get it. It's still sitting in the... In I would the love location. to do the comparison. Okay. Because from what I understood all this time was that the Criterion version, the reason it was such a big deal is it had all that in there. And there was even the points of where where when he was getting shot up, it, I mean, it was, it, he was hitting the ground, I mean, he was dancing. Yeah. For lack of better words. Well, yeah. But. I think it's, there, there's even more maniacal after they reload and shoot him again in the, in that version. We'll have to look up the version Because there was a part where, you know, we'll just say red for him. Where he's just like, yeah, well, no, that's always been in there, and he does shoot it, the hand. But, it, but it, yeah. you can see it explode clearly. Maybe they just linger on the exploded hand more like, before, because then it does the cut to his smoldering arm. But I think in the director, in the theatrical cut, it's the hand explodes and it sits there squirting out blood for a yeah. couple minutes. Dude, I really think you're having the Mandela I'm effect not. right now. I'm not, dude. That was the that was the first super violent movie I've ever seen. It's still violent without it, but I, from what I understand, that's how it went. Anyway, join us next episode. Land of the Dead. I'll go to bat for that movie. It's awesome. But what he did was he finally figured out how to digitally alter his films, and then wait till they were released on DVD and do an unrated version also. And there was a big stink because Blockbuster wouldn't carry the unrated Land of the Dead. They would only carry the R-rated. So was he the first to do the unrated version? No. No? No. People did that a lot. Like, I remember, uh, I think it was uh, the final Friday, Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, the, when it was released on, it was released first. Or, okay, the MPAA looks at it, says it's rated X. So they, they do all the cuts that the MPAA wants and releases it. 
And then when it comes out on VHS, they they have two versions, the theatrical and the unrated. And it's like, unrated! Like, it's bigger than the title of the movie. To let you know that it's unrated. So here, Land of the Dead, there's stuff the MPA did not like. He just digitally covered it up with something. You know, if somebody's in the corner of the screen or, or whatever getting eaten too much, he just added a bunch of smoke and a bunch of stuff to obscure it. And they were totally fine with it. Then he just releases his original version. What's up, Ashley? Only the director's cut shows Murphy losing an arm in the gunfire. We gotta get that VHS tape, man. We gotta see that. It is weird. And apparently there's... Dude, it's okay. Footage for the car chase. I remember watching uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, another great movie that brought horror into the real mundane world. And I remember them putting this girl on a hook and blood coming out of her mouth and seeing the hook go in. And I watch it now and it's nothing. Oh. There's nothing in that movie. Um, what's the what's the one that was had Owen Wilson? It was like a haunted house thing, and there was that girl in it. The was Haunting. Okay, the remake of so The Haunting. So when me and my friend watched that in theaters, when we were like 13, 14, something like that, like the scene where the skeleton like like slightly sits up in the fireplace, it's just like so casual. It's just like, uh, it's like kind of a jump scare. No, we swear to God, when we watched that in theaters, that thing flew out of the fireplace, <laughs> had like wings and devil horns, and and then we watched it when it came out on VHS, and we were like, you watched this that is movie nothing. twice? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is the girl who I was like, you need to watch Speed. She's like, I don't know, I watched Speed too. it wasn't very good. I was like, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it, when we watched it in theaters, that scene was terrifying. It made us like, spill our popcorn, and then we watched it when it came out on VHS, and he just like, sits up. That's it. Maybe they neutered the movie, you never know. Yeah, cut those testicles right off there. It's kind of like the um, giant squid that's in Goonies. Oh, yeah. In the original version, and they cut it out. And, and then they put years. it on, but and it ends up on the, but it comes, that they have to do it for time padding on TV. So it ends up in the TV cut, and there's these two people that just like argue about it all yeah, the time. I remember being in middle school, and it was like, yeah, like half of the class was like, there's a giant squid. Because some TV like, versions of it still have it cut out, <laughs> this uh-huh. giant squid, and they just cut a little bit more out and make it shorter. And they were like, oh, hour and a half's fine. We've got an hour and a half runtime, or we'll I just was, cut some I was one of the kids who argued that there was a squid. Yeah, yeah. So, and so yeah, and, that's, and, that's what I saw because my grandma recorded the it. The movie Clue <laughs> has three endings. Uh huh. And they put a different ending on every one of the, they put they, the, every three and sent them out <laughs> to different parts of the world. So I'm sure if the internet existed back then, people would have been. You know what's funny? Really mad <laughs> that my sister traced all three three endings because we watched that we watched Clue. Yeah, she found out about it. And she went to other theaters to and find she, the, and to she see went, it. And yeah, she went. She went and she figured it yeah, out. Yeah, that was brilliant, just, by the way. Like, uh, I wish so more people should do that. Do more like, yeah, yeah. I thought she. I thought she was lying at first, but like, no, she proved it. Like, just like make one cut of Age of Ultron where everyone dies, like all the heroes die, and just send it out to one theater and be like, Hee-hee. you know, <laughs> that'd be great, dude. What? That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Not Age of Ultron, but you know, something like that. Like, something big like that. It's like everyone dies. How about like Transformers? <laughs> I just, just Take a crappy movie. Let's do that with a crappy movie. Transformers series are done. <laughs> Actually, this one was the last one. No, I didn't go to the theater and watch it because I was so, like, you know. Land of the Dead like reinvigorates George and George just says, I think, I think he was staying away from zombies for a while. I know he was interested in doing Resident Evil, which I would have really liked to see that version of Resident Evil other than the one we got. Hmm. I like the Resident Evil movies as like just garbage movies which, that are hilarious. Which I, which, I, which I watched the other one the other yeah. day, the last one the other day. That was pretty good. I yeah, mean, that's, I, I, but they I edit the hell it. out of it, don't they? Though? Yeah. But everybody yeah. pulls a gun. It takes four cuts to show them pull a gun. Like, I'm sorry, that's pretty good attention right there. It's a detail, like to to do that. So many, but they just keep doing there it. It so just becomes funny. Loading. After I mean, what, if you want to go there, true, true. Well, at least you know, some movies people don't reload, and it kind of takes me out of it. You know, it's like that's a that's a Beretta. You 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 fired your shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Chow and Fat, reload. Anyway, <laughs> um, Land of the Dead, uh, so 2005, and then he kind of gets reinvigorated to do Diary of the Dead. Now, some people shit all over that movie. I love it. Have you seen it? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm torn. I, I 
I liked it, but then... It had a cool found footage way to it, but it's found footage that doesn't make you sick to your stomach. Yeah. In retrospect, yeah. somebody made a movie called Zombie Diaries about the same time. And Zombie Diaries is a shaky mess, and it makes you sick to watch it. Diary of the Dead, since they already have in you know, built into the plot that they're using professional cameras, everything looks great. And I just thought it was, I thought it was well acted. I thought it was good. There's a couple CG effects that kind of like. Uh, I think that's where where I was kind of. Yeah, I don't think you can ram a sickle through your own face. That's the kill that bothers me. And it's the dude from the Dawn of the Dead remake playing an Amish deaf man, and he like gets bit. And I don't think an Amish person would commit suicide in the first place. No, it goes against their. It goes yeah, against their, and their he beliefs. jams the scythe into his face, like effortlessly. Like when you see people get stabbed in the head in Walking Dead, and I'm just, that bothers me in Walking Dead. It's like, why does it look so easy to stab someone in the head? Sure, they've probably practiced it at this point in the in the show's lifetime. Maybe maybe in real life they could actually do that after they've learned how to stab people in the head over and over again. But why would this one guy with a scythe just jam it all the way to the hilt? All the way out of... It's, uh, it's the only part the only, of the, the only way... I'm sure regardless of what religion, people still kill themselves. That's true. <laughs> well, it, well they, they automatically think that if you do that, you're going to hell, even if you... And all that but if he's already life. seeing zombies... Right. And people coming back to life and ripping people apart, he's probably like... You know, religion's probably bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> willing to roll but the dice. Scientifically speaking, if you're going to, if you're, if if uh, if it's going to be an easy kill for the head, you'd have to go for the for the temples. You or, wouldn't jam it through your face or, bone. Or, or, <laughs> but if you go through your head, it's going to have to be laying on the ground. I guess yeah. he goes to the eye, but or, yeah, still. But he should have threw it. He should have like laid it down and like just like uh, the dark half it. where the guy lowers yeah. himself down on the scissors. Yeah. That one still gets me. You don't even see it. It's just no. the thought of opening your mouth and putting the scissors and just laying down on it. Oh, my God. Again, sometimes what you don't see is also scary. Diary of the Dead's a great movie. I, and I, I got to see Survival of the Dead in theaters in 2009 or 10 or whatever it was. Uh, 2009, I think. 2009 or 10 when, when we, we just moved here, I think. But uh we this is this is a great wrap up here for the end of the episode and i'm sorry if i led the episode we'll talk about armor core next week or yeah. bastion or actually that would be great actually, actually i have an idea <laughs> shut up brian what am i not paying you this out there right now before i forget no. since you brought up the moss and all that mm. i want to do a podcast on the on trauma man on trauma man let's do that yeah ashley needs to watch some trauma yeah, yeah. What, what? The only one I don't want to watch again is Terror Firmer. <laughs> Listening out there, rip Terror Firmer and see how far you can make it into that fucking movie. They're all horrible. It, no, that is the worst. I, I know. That is the most vile movie that John Waters didn't make. <laughs> like, that's how bad that movie is. Okay. No, no, seriously, in the first five minutes, if you're not offended, you need to be locked up for the criminally insane <laughs> like it is so bad it is it I, I don't even want to say it because I want people to watch it I, and be I like always, I hate you why did you I know I always spoil movies I'm not going to do it oh no so, I actually yeah. would hate it I can't I can't show it to her <laughs> it's the one I don't want to watch again I'll watch Toxic Avenger all day long Sergeant Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD that's a great movie I'm okay oh, no. we just have to fast forward over that guy that yells stuff at the Oh, she doesn't like Lloyd Kaufman oh, uh, intros on. on the DVDs. Oh. Anyway, so Survival of the Dead, I got to see it at, uh, and it was the opening night for um, Frightmare Weekend in 2000, I think it was 2009 or 2010, and uh, Ashley got us tickets, we went, we got to see, we were the first people who got to see Survival of the Dead. I thought it was an excellent movie. Some people pissed all over it. I'll Again, I will go to bat. It's not rose-colored glasses, glasses because of my my love of George Romero. It was a great movie, and it and it and it has the George Romero wit, and it has the George Romero, uh, you know, underlying theme of it's a zombie movie that's not about zombies. It's 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 a good movie. I think people really should watch it and and be a little more open minded with it. It's a good movie. You should check it out, guys. Um, Survival of the Dead. After Survival of the Dead, we went to Texas Frightmare Weekend. Where I had the best celebrity interaction I've ever had in my life with 
George Romero. First of all, he's late as hell. <laughs> and he comes down shaking people's hands and just, I'm sorry, I got tied up. I was in Scotland. Give me a break. You know, just, <laughs> just being as cool as hell, man. And and we get up to him and I'm like, can we take our picture with you? And he's like, yeah. And apparently I'm just beaming and so is Ashley. We're just like, and I was like, George, I really like Survival of the Dead. I saw it last night. It's great. And he goes, oh, it's out? <laughs> and I go, yeah? And he goes, he goes, yeah, news to me. And he just looks at his publicist like, eh, just like the jolliest guy ever. And it was just, and I was just like, ah, oh, you just made my life, man. Because I only have like about three people that I say inspire me. Johnny Ramone. I'm sorry, not John. Joey Ramone. Deceased. Uh, and I, I can get into the specifics of that later, but uh, uh, not how, how he died, but why they inspire me. Bruce Lee, also w- w- dead before I was even born, and George Romero. So I got to meet one of the big three for me, and that is how I will always remember and love George Romero. And uh, I think that's a good podcast. Yep, we'll call it at that. He also put his arm around me and was like, this guy. Oh, yeah, he did push me away. Yeah, he put put the moves on my wife, man. It was so cool. It was so great. We could almost talk about everybody we met at Frightmare Weekend. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of them were really great. Like, that was was, was was amazing. All right, well, for Video James, I am James. This is Ryan. I'm also James. I'm Ashley. Get your hands off my woman. (laughs) 